You're listening to Shalise's Podcast. Well, Father, I thank you for this awesome series entitled Unstoppable. And I thank you that it is, boy, it's a hot topic. It's a hot topic in heaven. It's a hot topic in here on earth, Father. Uh, it is this idea that nothing can stop us because we have been created in your image and we are so much more powerful than we have imagined, Father. Thank you that you are teaching us how to manipulate matter. (laughs) You are teaching us how to materialize and dematerialize matter, how to take dominion over creation and govern with with the frequency of love and and righteousness and peace in the Holy Ghost and to operate in the supernatural science of bringing heaven to earth. Thank you, Father, that this is a time that you are making faith practical. You are merging uh, the universal laws of that you that that govern your creation with the scriptural truths of faith. And so today, Father, I pray that. This would be uh, very enlightening for people. I pray that it would be uh, clear and that it would elevate their uh, their awareness, their consciousness, Father, to the place of the Spirit, that they would awaken God to the multidimensional reality that uh, we live in uh, and that their union with Jesus would be... Uh, uh, materialized and actualized in their life and that they would walk in the signs and wonders, which are really just the way sons of God lives, uh, live in a, in a way that draws people to you, Jesus. I pray that their destinies would be realized, Father, as they observe what you are observing in union with you. And I pray, Father, that all that I'm speaking, all that I'm praying would make sense and it would be clear and be revelatory and life transforming in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, you guys, we are in uh, the series Unstoppable. We are in part two. And this is a continuation, really, of the word that I shared at the beginning of January, the word, the prophetic things that I was hearing for 2024 at the beginning of January. And just to remind you what that word was, it was don't quit, be unstoppable, and learn how to dominate, uh, learn how to manipulate the matrix and dominate it. So if you didn't listen to that word at the beginning of January, that may not make total sense to you. So I encourage you to go back, listen to that word in January, listen to part one of this series, and you know definitely uh, it will help you really have context for what I'm going to continue to talk about today, which is something that I'm calling supernatural science. It's something that I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to develop in the process of developing uh, new vocabulary and new language for what I'm seeing as a convergence in so many different streams. And when I say different streams, I mean both Christian streams and non-Christian streams, the the, the streams of quantum physics, the streams of uh, epigenetics, the stream, the, the, the stream of uh, the discipline of neuroscience. So the sciences, the convergence of the sciences and the convergence of 
of Christianity and what scripture has been teaching us about the design of human beings and the blueprint of human beings since time began in scripture in Genesis, but also is, is very prominent in when you really start to understand the gospel from the perspective that it is the reconciliation of all things into Christ and that Christ is filling all in all and that we as his body have a part to play in that filling of all in all, that we live in a new creation, that we are agents of transformation because Jesus lives inside of us and Jesus is continuing his ministry to make the planet look like heaven. He is continuing to answer the prayer, Father, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And he's doing it through his body. He's doing it through us. And so through our union with Jesus, we are in a a new, I would say, Genesis moment. We are taking the new creation, which was uh, wrought in Christ when he was raised from the dead. We are new creatures in a new creation called the kingdom of God that overlays or is intertwined, that is entangled with the material realm. And we are creating heaven on earth in union with God. It's the, it is the fulfillment of what I'm calling the original dominion mandate. So we started part one with this scripture from Genesis 1.28. I specifically read it in the amplified version. And I'm going to kick off there again today. Now to put it in context, Genesis chapter one, if you'll remember, is the the account of the creation of the earth and the heavens. And we see in that chapter that in the beginning, right, was the word, that's from John chapter one, and, and the word was with God and the word was God, okay? So John, John chapter one is a new covenant explanation or a new covenant link back to Genesis chapter one. So just because Genesis is in the Old Testament doesn't mean that it's not relevant. In fact, it is it is referenced all throughout the New Testament. Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1 is actually pre-Genesis. Okay, so let's just read that. I'm going to read Genesis 128 in a moment, but let's also go a couple of other places today just to bring some context to what was happening before Genesis and what was happening in Genesis so that we can we can understand what this new creation is and what our role in it is in it and what it means to be unstoppable, what it means to live as a powerful son and to actually manifest the invisible here in the visible, to shape the seen with the unseen and to operate in the, the spirit of faith and the what I would call the energetic vi- uh, vibration, the frequency of creation that God was vibrating at and creating from in the beginning. So just as a little bit of background here, let's go over to John chapter one. (coughs) Excuse me. Let's go over here and I'm just going to read it. I'm going to read it in the NIV. Just I want to keep it simple. Uh, NIV, here are you. Where are you? Okay, there you are. So in John chapter one, it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, who? The word, all things were made. Without him, who? The word, nothing was made that has been made. In him, the word was life 
and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Okay. Now, this is very powerful because it's saying here that in the beginning was the word. The word is Jesus Christ. If you keep reading down here a little bit further, uh, it talks about in verse 14 that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And it says, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. So back up here to the verse one in John, it says, in the beginning was the word. Okay. The word was Jesus. Okay. We, I know we talk about the, you know, the Bible, which is my phone right now, the Bible being the word of God, but Jesus is the word of God. And the word was in the beginning face to face with God. Now, if we go over to Genesis chapter one. Let me just kind of show you if you've never seen this before. I you know many, maybe many of you have, but let me just go there for those of you who may not have seen this before, but it, let me just read Genesis one. Now it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It says now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the water. So here we have God, God, the father, and we have the spirit hovering over the waters. Now, it says in John chapter 1 that the Word was with God and the Word was God. So there's this Trinitarian picture of creation here. In verse 3, it says, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. So when God spoke, Let there be light, God's Word, okay, which is Jesus, was actually being spoken into existence. God's word is the voice. The voice coming out of God was the word. That's what's explained in John chapter one. And the word was light. The word was life. And it was the light of men, What is what John is explaining here. And so this is a really powerful revelation from John. John is associating Jesus Christ from the beginning as the creative voice of God who shaped the, took the immaterial in partnership with the Holy Spirit and brought it into the material realm. And God continued to speak, continued to speak. And we know that that speaking was the light, light, okay? It was a vibration. It was sound. It was the word of God. It is Christ. It was Christ becoming the animator of all things, okay? The life, the life that holds all things together, Okay, that talks about that in Colossians. I just want to kind of bring this Trinitarian Christ-centric view to creation so that you can understand how we operate as new creations in the kingdom on the planet right now in union with Jesus. We are in partnership with the, tw tw the Trinity, ah, easy for me to say, the Twinity, <laughs> the Trinity to continue creation, continue the original dominion mandate. Okay, so let's go over to Ephesians because that is also a New Testament book, scripture, uh, letter from Paul that is referencing what happened at the very beginning. Okay, so in Ephesians chapter one, let's just, I'll start in verse three. It says this, uh, I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation just because I really like the way it reads. Uh, it says, okay, it says this in verse three, it says every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm, okay, in the non-material realm, in the quantum realm, I want to say, has already been lavished upon us 
as a love gift from our wonderful heavenly father, the father of our Lord Jesus, all because he sees us, listen to this, wrapped into Christ. This is why we celebrate him with all of our hearts. In verse four, it says, and in love, he chose us before he laid the foundation of the universe. So it says that he chose us in love in a different translation. Let's just go over to the NIV. It says, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. <clears throat> it says in love, verse five, he predestines, predestined us to the for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. So what these scriptures are telling us is that from the foundation of the world and the passion, it says, for it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children through our union with Jesus, the anointed one. So what Ephesians is telling us, like literally, if you wanted to do this in chronological order, the what the, the first chapter of John and the first chapter of Ephesians are actually de describing the first chapter of Genesis. Some of it is before Genesis, the first chapter of Genesis, and some of it is explaining more about the creation account, okay? First John is about how creation happened with Jesus Christ, Christ as the word, okay? Now, he had not done, he he's not incarnated into flesh yet, okay? He had not, Jesus had not become a man yet, but he was still present. Jesus is the creative force. The Christ is the creative force. It is the light. It is the life. It is the substance of that, that holds all of creation together. It is the vibration. It is the voice that, that, uh, that is holding everything together. And it says here that before time began, we were chosen in him. So we were in Christ. Okay. This is, you know, outside of time. Okay, the dimension of time, the dimension of space. We were in Christ before time began. Okay, so these scriptures explain our origin. Okay, our origin is not Adam. <clears throat> our origin is in Christ. Why is that important? Because the cross and the resurrect, the cross, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus was the undoing of Adam, and it was the uh, completion of God's preordained predestiny for us that we would be uh, joined to Christ inside of time. Okay, I hope that's making sense. Now, in Colossians chapter one, I have to just, you know, introduce some of these concepts to you before we talk about Genesis 1.28 and the dominion mandate and how we partner with God to shape the unseen in union with Jesus and continue the dominion mandate, not in Adam, but in Christ. Okay. So in Colossians chapter one, I just want to talk about this because it's so powerful. It's talking about, talking about Jesus here. It says in verse 15, he is the divine portrait, the true likeness of the invisible God. So if you want to know what the father's like, look at Jesus. It says, and the firstborn heir of creation, meaning that Jesus is the heir of, of all of creation. He is the owner. He's the owner of creation. It says, for in him who, Jesus Christ, the Christ, was created the universe of things, both in the heavenly realm, the unseen realm, and the earth, okay? Now, the unseen realm has many dimensions. I mean, quantum scientists, quantum physics are saying, you know, 12, 27. I mean, I, they're talking a lot of, I mean, who knows exactly. We're still in such the early stage of 
of discovering the quantum realm and understanding interdimensional reality, uh, space and time and all of those things. But it says that in him, in Christ, was created the universe of things, both in the heavenly realm and on the earth. All that is seen and all that is unseen. Okay. Colossians 1.16 is a very, very powerful verse. It's saying that Christ is the creator of all things seen and unseen. It says here, every seat of power, realm, government, principality, and authority, it all exists through him and for his purpose. That is a huge key here. He existed before anything was made. The word was with God, was God in the beginning. And now he finds every, and find, and now everything finds completion in him. Okay, so Christ you guys, I don't have words to describe the magnitude of this revelation. This is the kind of thing that you need to sit with. Okay. There is, this is a time bending revelation because it exists outside of time that, that Jesus Christ existed before time began, that you existed in Christ before time began, that you were the, the idea of God outside of time. The gospel gets a completely different perspective. The lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. We were, everything was reconciled before Adam you know, broke it. <laughs> so there's this like, whoa, time travel aspect of this, which is why I love to introduce you guys to science fiction movies and things that, you know, like Interstellar. That's a great movie if you want to understand that time is relative and that gravity is is not a constant in the universe. Like these principles are just mind-blowing when you start to, to step outside of the constraints of, of Newtonian physics and a material-based view of the world where matter is meaning, you know, things that appear solid to us, which actually aren't even solid. They're mostly empty space, but they're actually vibrating energy that is slowed down at a frequency that is visible to the human eye. But you start to recognize that we are living in somewhat of an illusion, i.e. the matrix, and that Jesus Christ is this the, the, the one that has, that is energizing this, that is holding it together, that was, that is the, 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 uh, agent behind its creation. And in Colossians, it begins to explain this more. It says in verse, again, 17, he existed before anything was made and now everything finds completion in him. Chalked full of revelation when you start to understand these things. In verse, um, <clears throat> let's see if there's anything else that I want to, say here, I'll just read it. Verse 18, it says, he is the head of his body, which is the church. That's us. And since he is the beginning and the firstborn heir and resurrection, he is the most exalted one holding first place in everything. Verse 19, for God is satisfied to have all his fullness dwelling in Christ. And by the blood of his cross, everything, listen to this, by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself, back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. Okay, so the blood of Jesus's cross reconciled everything back to God, back to himself. Let me just read it in a different translation to see if there's a, a, a just a better way to say it or a different way to say it that can make some more more sense. Let me just come back down here. Um, okay. So verse 20, 
in the NIV says, and through, uh, well, 19, it says, for God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him, who? Jesus Christ. And through him to reconcile to himself, to God, all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Okay, there's another scripture I want to take you to. And in this one, it's 2 Corinthians 5, 19. And it says this, it says that God was in Christ, for God was in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 19, reconciling the cosmos, the world, to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful world message of reconciliation. So here in 2 Corinthians 5, 19, it's telling us that everything has been reconciled to Christ. So when I say that Jesus was the undo of Adam, he was the undoing of everything that happened as a result of Adam's disobedience. He was the undoing of the curse. It was the undoing. It was the restoration of everything back to innocence. It was the restoration of everything back to brand new newness, right? Behold, all things have become new, right? If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, new creation. Uh, the old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Okay, so there's this new creation that, that was wrought in Christ on the cross and now we are living as agents of the new creation. We are new created human beings. And what I want to say about that is that now when we read Genesis and we read Genesis 1.28, we recognize that this is still what God is speaking. This is still the blessing that has been spoken over us. However, now we are empowered by Holy Spirit and our union with Jesus. We are Jesus with skin on, Jesus in a Shalise suit, Jesus in a John suit, Mary suit, whatever your name is. And now Jesus is the one that is lording over. He is the head. When I say lording, I mean, he is the master. He is the heir. He is the owner. In Hebrews chapter one, verse three and four, it says Jesus is the lawful owner of all things. He is God over creation and over the universe. And he's not just... He's not just um, in heaven ruling and governing over the universe. He is in creation. He is holding it together. He is in, in him. The th things are, are, he is in all. He is all in all, filling all in all. And he is in us. And so when we approach the quantum sciences and we approach the idea of, of, uh, governing from a new creation perspective and seeing things from a new creation perspective and bringing heaven to earth, we are doing so from this place of governance and rulership and dominion, the dominion and the authority of Jesus Christ. So we're doing this not apart from Christ. We're doing this in union with Jesus. So that was a kind of a long introduction to this, but I want to take you over to Genesis 1.28 because here's what it says. It says in the beginning, okay, this is Adam and Eve. It says, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. And I specifically am reading it in the Amplified Version because I love this little amplification here. It says, using all of its vast resources in the service of God and man. Okay, so God created everything that we see to serve mankind, to serve the glory of God, to reveal the glory of God. And we are to use the planet. We are to use its beautiful, its beautiful resources in service to God and one another. Everything is about service in the kingdom. The greatest in the kingdom is the servant of all. 
And so we are here to serve and creation is here to serve, to serve, not like a slave, but like a liberated, liberated son, liberated planet, liberated into the freedom and joy of heaven. It says, and have dominion, hey, government. It doesn't, and we get, you know, we get the word dominate from that. And I mean, the domination of these things is love. Okay. So that love is the dominating force of the kingdom. So this isn't dominating out of some greed motivation or some, some, you know, fallen perspective. No, this is governing the way that God governs with love, that faith works by love. And so this is loving the creation. This is, this is loving the animals. This is loving ourselves. This is all we're, 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 you know, we're, we're governing with love. And it says the fish, the other birds of the air and everything that creeps moves on the, that moves upon the earth. So here we are. Okay. So the real you is not your body. It's not your earth suit. You have an earth suit, but you are a spirit and your spirit is joined to the Lord. You are one with Jesus Christ. And this is not something that you earn. This is not something that you, that you behave a certain way to get, or you, or you have to behave a certain way to keep it. Okay. This was something that happened on the cross to you before you were born. <laughs> you were, you were in Christ. Okay. Not, not, not just on the cross, which you were because you were crucified with him, but you were in Christ before the foundation of the world. So this is something that God willed for you, that he predestined for you before you even knew the name Jesus, before you even knew your own name. Okay. So you there's more to you than meets your physical eyes. You can't look in the mirror and see the real you. You are what we talk, you know, what I've been talking about is an avatar, right? I talked about that multiple times. I went and got my little, my little avatar guy, right? So what is, if you haven't seen the movie Avatar, what is the deal about the avatar, right? That this, this little blue guy is not, is a suit that, I forgot the guy's name, but he's wearing him. I think it's Jake. I don't know. But he's wearing him, right? And he's moving around in the world of uh, the, you know, in this, as an avatar, if you will, in this world of blue people as a blue person. But he's not a blue person. He's a human being, okay? And so it's this idea that we are navigating in a 3D universe from a fourth, fifth, 27th, whatever you want to call it, dimension that as a spirit person, <laughs> as a spirit person, we we are, we, we see our, our consciousness, by the way, is not in our brain. It's in our spirit. And it uses this machine, this earth suit to view into the material realm. No human body, no earth suit. Well, guess what? You are not, you're not authorized to be in the material realm. When Jesus became flesh, when the word became flesh, Okay, God put on an earth suit. It was the it was the marriage between the divine and the human being. And I want to say that you are a marriage of the divine and the natural. Okay, that is why you are that's what a human being is. It's this marriage between divinity and humanity. Okay, now what do I want to say? Now, as a new creation avatar, we'll call it that. <laughs> You are a powerful being. As a new created species, you are a powerful being. And what quantum physics is teaching us and, and helping us discover is just how powerful human beings actually are. 
And as a new creation human being with this revelation, you are the most powerful thing that has ever been created because God himself can observe through your eyes, both your spiritual eyes and your natural eyes. God is in you functioning as you and you are in Christ functioning as Christ. Now, the awareness of this is key. Because if you are asleep and you are not, you were just not awakened to the reality of your interdimensional, uh, what I want to say, makeup, okay, that, that interdimensional way that you are designed to operate, then most likely you will operate as a carnal, mere human being. You will operate with a fallen mindset. You will be trapped inside of time. You will be subject to aging and death. You will be, you know, in Moses's, right? Moses, he was 120 and his forces were not abated and his eyes were not dim. The Israelites walked around for 40 day, 40 years and their shoes did not get old and their clothes did not wear out. So decay, they were exempt from decay. Okay, Moses went up to Mount Sinai and didn't eat or drink for 40 days. So the biological processes that, that most of us are programmed with that are necessary to survive were suspended in the glory of God. And the truth is the glory of God now is in us. And so if you don't, if you're not awake though, you will live as a mere human being and you will operate like a fallen human being governed by the material realm, totally instead of dominating the material realm and living in the, in the realm that spawns the material realm, uh, because everything, it comes from non-material to material. It doesn't go material to non-material. It's material first, then non-material. So instead of living above the material realm and impacting the material realm, you will live under the material realm and you will be, you will be a victim to the material realm. Right. And this is what I was talking about in January when I was sharing the word with you about the four levels of consciousness that you will either live in the to me consciousness. You will live at the by me consciousness, which are the lower level material realms of consciousness, meaning that you are a victim of the material realm, that life is happening to me, that I'm just reacting to what's going on in life. And I don't I just, you know, I'm just getting up another day trying to survive. It's a survival mode mentality or view or paradigm. And then you've got the by me, which is just everything's working in the natural. You work hard, you, you know, you toil, you labor. If it's going to happen, it's up to you, but it's independent from God. It's all human effort and it's all sensual and it's all devilish and it's all based on human intellect and human reasoning and five physical sense living. And so those two levels of consciousness are not sons of God consciousness. They are not awakened consciousness. When you move into through me and by me, okay, now you're beginning to get into non-material existence. You're beginning to operate as a, as a spirit in a human body. You're beginning to operate maybe in union with God, maybe without, but at least you're aware that God is moving through you. Okay, that that God is praying through you, that God is maybe healing the sick through you. I mean, some people in Christianity don't even get that. But I'm just saying that you are, you know, if you're in those levels, well, you are awakening to the surrender of God, you, that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit, that you are a yielded to the Holy Spirit, that you're an instrument of righteousness, that you're a branch, that God is flowing through you, that fruitfulness comes through you. And as me, you've lost a, a sense of an independent self. You've surrendered not just control, but you have surrendered separateness. 
And so now Jesus Christ is operating through you as you. And so what I'm going to teach today is about moving into as me, because I'm talking about union-based creation. I'm talking about union-based domination of the matrix, of the material realm, where it is not you working a set of spiritual principles. New agers do that. New agers understand quantum physics, okay? Quantum physicists understand quantum physics, but only new creations, only kingdom people, only sons of God who understand Jesus Christ and understand the gospel as an eternal message of oneness with Jesus will be able to operate in as me where Jesus is manifesting heaven on earth as them, meaning that you have yielded to such a degree. You've yielded, surrendered, uh, you've yielded your eyes, you've yielded your will, you've yielded your, 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 your perceptions. And now God is the one that is actually focusing and creating through you. He is now using the way that the science of how creation works because he created it to create through you, but I, but not just through you, but as you. So let me just try to make this practical. So I've been talking about the observer effect and the observer effect is a quantum physics principle that basically says that matter, okay, particles at their smallest, you know, electron parts of an atom uh, aspect, okay, that the very smallest aspect of matter is energy is is not visible. It is matter is not visible until a human being observes it. Is there a better way to say this? It's called it's called you know collapsing the wave. Okay, it's where where the the observer effect is is a scientific experiment. It was done with a double split experiment, and I'm not going to go into it all. But it basically proved that atoms are affected by they by human observation and in a, in, a, in a sense they are conscious of whether they are being observed or not and so an electron is energy until it is observed and once it is observed it's an, until it's observed it's in this endless place of unlimited possibilities that it can appear but the moment it is observed it turns into matter it turns into a particle so why am i saying that because what a, here's the, what you extrapolate from that is that what a human being observes manifests, okay? So our focus, where our focus goes, our energy goes, our creative potential goes. And when we are focused on a potential as Jesus, as Christ, in union with God, it is no longer our eyes that are seen. It is the it is Jesus seen. It is him using our eyes and our material body to create in this realm. So an example of this is when you are, for example, praying for someone. Maybe you're praying for healing someone, for for someone. And God is giving you a vision to see that person whole. In other words, God always shows you the end from the beginning. Because when he sees things, they're finished. Right. He calls things that be not as though they are. He didn't come out to the light and say, oh, it's so darkness. He didn't come out in the beginning and say, oh, it's so dark out here. What are we going to do? He just said, let there be light. So he speaks what he sees from a finished perspective. So he doesn't see a person sick. He sees a person healed. And so when we observe that, 
when we observe that healing, and it's the vision that the Holy Spirit gives you. So it's this relinquishing of your focus so that God is using your eyes to see the completed fact before it actually happens. So, goodness, let me give some scriptural examples of this. Um, just how we are anointed to be observers. We are called to be the eyes of God. These are the eyes of faith. And we are to judge no man after the flesh, for example. We are to see no one or see no thing in creation apart from Christ. We are to transfigure the planet by holding the vision of what it looks like in its completeness in Christ. So it is this idea of we are seeing people healed and whole. We are calling them healed and whole. We are calling them in agreement with who they actually are, not in the material realm where they're dealing with sickness or dealing whatever they're dealing with, but from the material spirit realm where they are complete in Christ, where they are perfect, where they're by the stripes, they are healed. And so this vision component, this observation component is very, very, very powerful. In fact, it's working all the time. Whether you are observing death or you observing life, whether you are observing lack or you observing abundance, whether you are observing uh, failure or you are observing success, like what we observe it is manifested. And this is what the observer effect in quantum physics is teaching us. This is also some scriptural examples of this. What about uh, Jacob's, I call him right, Jacob's quantum sheep. Okay, this, I just wrote some notes here, right? So this is the story of Jacob and his his striped and speckled sheep. Now, let me just read a little bit of this I wrote down today. It'll just be easier, right? So Laban, we know, was taking advantage of Jacob and he kept changing his wages. But an angel came to Jacob in a dream and told him what to do about it. Okay, so this was God's vision <laughs> for Jacob and it came to him in a dream. Let me just pause here for a moment because I want you to really begin to value your dreams. Your dreams are the language of God. In, in Acts 2.17, it says that when the spirit is poured about on all flesh, that we would dream dreams and we would have visions. So visions is God's way of communicating what he is observing. And so he gave Jacob this strategy and he told him to take... Um, uh, striped branches by the water in front of the strongest and the healthiest animals. Okay. And so they put these little striped branches in front of the water and, and Jacob did this based upon the revelation from the dream. And what the result was that as the strong sheep began to look upon those branches, they began to produce strong offspring that were speckled and striped. So because the best animals before they looked upon that weren't speckled and striped, this is an example of how the observation effect works, okay? Laban is actually got this vision from God and how, and now God understands how the observation effect works because he's the creator of all this. <laughs> and so he gave him the strategy that was in partnership with the observation effect to change Laban's destiny, okay? So this is a universal principle that works even for sheep, <laughs> Abram is another example of this, right? Because we, it tells us that he changed his name. He changed his words. He told him to look at the stars so that he would look, he would observe unlimited offspring. And so there was this, this same creation science God was using 
in scripture for these people to transform the scene. So those are some scriptural examples. I mean, Abraham, there's another one. You know, Joshua told Jericho before he took the city to see this day, I've put, I've placed Jericho in your hands. And so he was telling Jericho, see the victory before you even go down to the battle. Why? Because what we observe through the eyes of faith, through God's eyes is what manifests. So we must observe agelessness and health in old age. And even frankly, looking great in old age. I mean, come on, the people in the Bible lived seven, 800 all these years. Why? Because they weren't programmed to die. They didn't have a television. They turned on every five minutes with a drug telling you what's going to happen to you. Like we have been programmed, guys. We have been programmed to die. We've been programmed to age. And Jesus has defeated death. Heaven is now. It's not something we get after we die. Jesus is not, 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 not the, have, I mean, death is not our savior. Jesus is our savior. Okay. I'm not saying that, you know, people don't die. Okay. I'm saying that we, we have dominion over death. Jesus holds the keys of death. He has defeated it. And it is the last enemy to put under God's feet. And guess who his feet are? Us. So Jesus observed heaven and now he wants to continue to observe heaven through us. Now, let me just implement one other, let me introduce one last con. Well, it's our matter of time here. I might have to take this to the next one. But I do want to say it just in, in just as a principle to say about this. So the observer effect is very powerful, but the goal here is as me creation. So this is about the vision of God manifesting with through you. This is about inspired imaginations. This is about getting the words that you are to speak from God. How do we do that? Well, we pray in the spirit. Every time you pray in the spirit, you're speaking as God. Holy Spirit tongues is actually living and the as me identity. Okay. Now, righteousness, peace, and joy. What is that? That is the frequency of heaven is the frequency of the new creation. When we vibrate in thankfulness and gratitude and joy, when we actually keep our eyes observing things that are lovely and pure and of good report, that's not just something to keep us peaceful. That's something to manifest heaven on earth. So frequencies of our, of, of our emotions are also communicating with the universe. They're communicating with, with the unseen in the material realm and they shape the scene. When we are vibrating at these higher emotions, right? We, they are higher. We are higher. We go higher. And the thing is, is that the material realm is simply a reflection of what we have been observing, what we have been speaking and how we have been feeling. It's like a, it's like the effect of yesterday's state, yesterday's activities of, of seeing, of feeling, of, of speaking. You know, when I got healed of manic depression, it was because I started to realize the power of my words. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. James tells us that we can turn around a whole ship by a little rudder, right? That you can put a bit in a horse's mouth, that if we can control the tongue, the man is perfect. The person is perfect and able to control their whole body by their tongues. Like guys, these are scriptural principles, but they are now scientifically being proven. And so why am I saying that? Because what God is saying is this year is to learn how to manipulate the matrix, learn how to shape the scene, learn how to live in higher levels of Christ consciousness and through me and as me and no longer victimize, no longer in toil, but simply observing 
the vision of God, giving God your vision to such a degree that is no longer you even doing the observing. It is no longer you even doing the speaking. It is no longer you even doing the feeling. Why does God say be filled with the Holy Spirit? Because it makes you happy. And when you're happy, you speak happy words. And when you are uh, in, in filled with the Spirit, guess what? You get out of your human mind. And now you are observing things from an awakened new creation perspective. So I hope that I'm making sense with everything that I'm sharing today because this is the time to become unstoppable. It's the time to no longer be dominated and controlled by the material realm, but to step into the quantum new creation reality in union with Jesus and observe what he is telling you to observe, to speak in union with him. When I, I mean, observe as him, with him, speak as him, with him. And feel as him with him and manifest Jesus in your human body and manifest heaven through your human body in union with him. That's how, that's the message. That's the point. It's time to be unstoppable. So this is one of those things that you might have to listen to a couple of times, especially if you haven't been had much exposure to these concepts. You know, I recommended a few books, uh, uh, one was called Quantum Life by Steve McVeigh. Uh, that's a good one that, that brings it from a, a Christian perspective. I think you'll enjoy that one. He also has something called Quantum Prayer, Quantum Faith. But there's lots of other authors that are non-Christian that are that are that are totally on this revelation. Joe Dispenza, uh, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. There's another one called um, uh, Becoming Supernatural. Uh, there's another one that's just for whatever reason, it's escaping me right now. Oh, you are the placebo. That's a powerful one. Uh, but, you know, that, that there's not going to be Christian theology in that. So if you, you know, don't have what I want to call it, if you don't have the comfort level with reading something that's non-Christian, if you're still in that place where you're afraid of being de- deceived or all that stuff, well, don't don't get the Joe Dispenza books, right? Stick with the Steve McVeigh ones. Because the thing is, is that the principles are the principles, right? Gravity works no matter what your theology is. <laughs> Wow. Thank goodness, right? The law of lift, you know, works the same for Hindus and Buddhists and Christians <laughs> and the universal laws of the science of creation is just how things work. And we do have the the home field advantage because we're at home in Christ. But don't think that that these principles don't work for non-Christians just because they don't know Jesus. They just work better for those of us that know Jesus because we have the Holy Spirit and we have the intimacy with God and we have the language of the Spirit so that we can actually create uh, so much faster. I mean, I was thinking about this recently about how, you know, if you start to think about God is also being the quantum field. And I know he's a personal, he's father, he's all these things, but it's also, he's also the ether. He's also this, this cohesive presence that, that, that animates everything. He's also the unified field. He's also universal intelligence. He's all of those things that science has called him without the personal names of Abba. Okay. And when I started to think about the scriptures in first Corinthians 14, that says, you know, when a man speaks in the spirit or when we speak in the spirit, we're not speaking to men, we're speaking to God. I was thinking, oh my goodness, when we pray in the spirit, we're speaking to the unified field. We're speaking to the quantum realm. So we have such an advantage as believers, but this is an awesome topic. I mean, I don't know about you. I'm a junkie on this stuff. I love it. 
Uh, I could read this all day, every day. It keeps me awake. It keeps me energized. It keeps me aware that what I observe matters, what I speak matters. I mean, heck, you guys, I'm at a place I think sometimes, like even just like last night, like I was tired, you know, and I thought, I'm just going to go to bed. I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to get up. I, la- I enjoy getting up early refreshed rather than, what am I trying to say? Like I... I want to be my most vibrant self. And if I am in a place where I'm tired, well, I'm just going to put myself to bed because dreams is a better use of my time than sitting around all low energy. You know, why, why am I saying that? Because it, this is an exciting time. And this is an exciting time to learn. And it's an exciting time to engage. And it's an exciting time to uh, begin to manifest heaven on earth as a new creation in Jesus, in union with Jesus. So God bless you. That's all the time I have for today, but we're going to continue next week and continue unpacking it. And in the meantime, I encourage you put these things on repeat, listen to them more than once because there's, they're chock full of, of, of information and revelation. So love you guys. Have a supernatural week. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening to Shalisa's podcast. This recording is in part made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit shalice.com where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalice's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose He created you for, then visit us at Shalice.com and watch Shalice's free training, where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.